0: Welcome to the Fox Pro Podcast, brought to you by Fox Pro Game Calls. We're back with another episode of the Fox Pro Podcast. Once again, we're joined by Tori Cook of MFK. Tori, last time I saw you, we were making coyote stands together down in Texas, wasn't we?
1: Man, we had a heck of a hunt with Chris down there with the night crew. I think me and you both went in thinking are we going to do any night hunting we ended up doing no night hunting but just smashed them in the daytime one of the best hunts i've ever been on
0: oh man 18 coyotes in two days i think uh, we hunted one afternoon then we were rained out the next day then hunted a full day and then another afternoon and man we had the fox pro x24 singing we absolutely smoked them
1: Oh, it couldn't, have, I don't think it could have been any better. I, I guess we could have killed some more coyotes if we weren't milking the video footage, Right, but that's part of filming and for filming and just the, the people I was with, you couldn't, couldn't have had a better hunt.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, uh, me and Tori have known each other for years and, and done a few other things together and, uh, have been around each other. But that's the first time we've ever shared some coyote stands and. You know, I hope you feel the same way, Tori, but I'm going to make sure it ain't our, it ain't our last. We're going to be on another hunt or three if I have anything to do with it.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. And that's another thing. We had that one stand where that coat was right on top of us, and I'm sure all of us caught on. None of us had ever hunted together. Me, you, or Chris had hunted together. But it it seemed like we'd hunted together because everything clicked. I mean, every. You didn't have to communicate on some of those stands. That was a sticky stand, and oh, man. we didn't have to communicate. I mean, it's like we'd been hunting together. Everybody knew what was going on and what was going to happen next without even saying anything.
0: Right? Yeah that that's a that's a memorable stand, and and everybody out there listening, you'll see it see it soon enough. It uh, man, what just what a hunt. I mean, uh, I can't say enough, about it. I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> Me either. I mean, it's like like we already say, as good as it gets. That's right. Well, Tori, what I'd like to discuss on this episode is March coyote calling. March is what many hunters kind of consider the late season. Most hunters have been calling since fall fall began. And you've also got your hardcore callers been hunting all through the summer, fall, and winter. You know, when March rolls around, there have been a lot of coyotes killed, obviously. And a lot of coyotes is being called to, And the coyotes that, that have actually made it through to this time of year... Are most likely educated simply put March calling can breed can be pretty tough for a lot of hunters uh yeah Tory, can you tell us at, at this stage what's going on in a coyote's life as we move out of out of February and into March well
1: of course breeding is just wrapping up I think the uh the last coat that I know for sure was in standing heat was on well about that february 19th point so you know another week actually going out of heat that'll get you right there to that march time frame and then those coats are going to minor are, or are coming out of breeding and you can tell that they're already getting denning on their mind because they're starting to dig i think there's just something instinctual about the coats the males included uh, even the the males and females The ones that are not bred, they still almost have an instinctual urge, it seems like, to start digging. And, I mean, a lot of times they don't do much with it. They'll dig a hole a foot deep, and then they quit. But they don't do that at other times of the year where they're just constantly digging. And that's what they're doing right now. I'm starting to see these goats digging, digging, digging. And some of these uh, females are going ahead, and there's one— old den site that they have cleaned out and are working on right now. So it's, they're getting it on their mind. And we've talked about it before, even though the pups are not here, those cows instinctually get denning and pup rearing on their mind. And so those pup sounds start playing a role long before those pups actually get here. And and we're kind of rolling into that right now. And the coach are showing me that they've got it on their mind. Because they are starting to clean out some of those dens,
0: right? And so they're cleaning out dens, and uh, like you said, they're they're actively digging. Even if it's not cleaning out an old den, you see them. I guess you see them digging a little bit. They're kind of what, just kind of testing around to see if it's a spot they might want to dig a new den, so to speak. I guess.
1: I guess it's it's like it. Like I said, I think it's it's almost like an instinctual trigger in them to where they start getting denning on their mind and they'll just start digging holes uh, and doing more digging than what they would, you know, other times of the year. And you'll even see males and and other females, you know, dig holes and get in the holes, but they, they don't stay in them. And I think most people know cows don't typically den unless they're, you know, unless they have pups, but they've definitely got pup rearing on their mind, having pups on their mind and, we can take advantage of that this next month, even though, like you said, March is this time of the year for multiple reasons, is a tough time to call.
0: Yeah, it's it's just one of those transition periods. You know, like you said, they've, uh, they've been breeding. It's been the breeding season, and now that's slacking off. So a lot of these sounds and sequences that have been on fire, you know, they'll continue to work, but they'll start, you know, working less and less and less as we go on. And when you get caught in that period between breeding and them actually throwing their pups out it can be it can be tough for people and it's not just just that you know it, it's they've been hunted so much through this time of year they've heard so many sounds you know they've heard all kinds of different prey distress they've heard all these fights they've heard her howls and stuff it, it really gotta you might have to change things up to continue continually have success and uh yeah and but... go ahead no you go ahead What was you going to say? Oh, I
1: was going to say, I was going to say, we something else that we mentioned, you've mentioned in the earlier podcast talking about getting into this time of the year. Right now is when the coat population is at its lowest because we're the farthest away from when they had pups, you know, this past a year ago. Right. So, all some of those coats died of natural causes, hit by cars, whatever. And then a pile of them have been killed from people, uh, hunting them and, and smashing them and killing right. lots of cows. So you get, and not only, not only do you have fewer cows, but the ones that are left, like you said, have been, uh, they've heard it. So it makes it, makes it tough. And then another thing to add to that is when those cows start getting dented on their mind and they there, this can be a plus. It can also be a, a big negative or something hard to overcome their area shrinks. So when they start getting denning on their mind, the coach that are left, the ones participating in denning, their area shrinks way down. So they're not coming all as far, which if you don't know where they're denning at, that makes it or can make it hard to call those cows because you just may be too far away from them when you set up. It can also be a plus if you do know where that is because you can slip in there pretty tight to them. They're more aggressive that time frame. And, you know, so there's some There's some tricky things going on with this time of the year that, uh, if you, if you know about coyote behavior and just take everything into consideration, you can still have success.
0: Well, let me ask you talking about these denning, denning locations. Does it make sense for hunters to focus on areas that, that they know coyotes have den pups historically in the past to try to, you know, hone in on those areas?
1: absolutely i think not always sometimes you'll have you know just like with anything else but usually when an animal cow or whatever it is if there's something about a spot that they like even if they're not well if, if those cows are still alive and they raised successfully they have a tendency to come back to those same areas and even if something happens to those cows there's usually something about that area that attracted them in the first place. Right. And so it's a good spot for future coats to, uh, to use as den sites. If not, and a lot of times it'll be in the same den, but if not in the same den, there's something about that area, you know, food, water, whatever it is. Right. So that attracts them to that spot. So those are definitely good areas to hone in on.
0: Yeah. You know, I've definitely, I'm definitely one of those people that don't have endless, ground to hunt especially right here close to home but you know you know i've hunted summer coyotes, uh for years you know trying to focus in on the insights and i've definitely got a few properties you know i could take you in there and start hunting june say first day of june and i could tell you say Tori, we're going to howl one's going to answer 250 yards over to the right and we're going to start playing puppy sounds and he's going to come out right beside, there's going to be a big old male coyote's going to come out right beside that white oak tree and we're going to hammer him. And sure enough, yeah. just like, you know, and it's just from years of hunting at location, there's something in there that coyotes love to, love to den up there and you can get into them every single year. you in and you're out. If you, you know, hunt those right time periods.
1: Yeah. One, one thing that I do, and it's a pretty good tip for people that if, if they're not doing it before I start hunting, <laughs> you know during the summertime later summer i do a lot of locating prior to and you can locate you know early in from that march time frame once they get denning on their mind you can start locating goats and mark those places on onyx map or whatever mapping you know app you're using and if you keep up with that over the years i've been chopping points on a map for no telling how many years now and it's pretty amazing to go back pull those maps up after all those years and see those clusters right of marked codes. and i hunt a lot of public ground so i'll have access to big huge blocks that are just run forever and you'll get into places where there's not a uh, over all these years i never drop a point that, that's that's just not holding codes. and some of these other places will consistently hold coats year after year after year They'll they will raise pups there they'll be in there and it just consistently holds goats every year and those are the places that usually when I start out especially if I'm in a hurry or something like that I'm going to go right to those places and they don't all produce year after year but a lot of them will produce and you know if you hit those places consistently year after year you can typically stay on coats and, and have success on follow-up years in places that you had success before
0: yeah yeah I've, that's good stuff Tori. and and like i said i've i've experienced a similar stuff before in the past you know and i've got particular farms particular pieces of ground whatever they are that uh maybe some that i don't hunt through the spring and summer months because coyotes don't den there but you might be able to go back and hit those spots in the fall and winter and and kill you a double or two you know, throughout the fall and winter, but uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't actually hold coyotes through the summer, spring, and summer months when you know when they would be denning, so to speak.
1: Yeah, yeah. And another thing, it makes we I mentioned locating one thing it makes March and and anytime they start denning. So basically, from March until those pups come out of the hole, people tend to see a lull in howling action Mm -hmm. you know just vocal coats, period night or day they tend to start shutting down vocally as those dens you know as they start digging those dens pretty much during the month of march and until those pups come out of the hole people need to keep in mind that it may be difficult to uh to hear coats. so So we so you're saying
0: this time of year you know going into march it's still a good idea to try to locate but don't expect to hear a lot of howling is what you're saying?
1: If it can be frustrating locating because a lot of times there's not a lot of vocal action. But right. if you can get a pair of coats, and that's what I'm listening for. I'm listening for a pair. If you can get, and usually you're pretty close to them if they'll vocalize. If you can get a pair of coats to vocalize March or after then you can pretty much go right in there where you heard them at and it's real high odds of calling those coats up right it's a, you might have to do a lot of if you're trying to locate you might have to do a lot of it to find or get close enough to get some to uh to vocalize and they're usually pretty aggressive with it too right right uh, but man the call-ups are usually if you can find it the call-ups are usually really quick Go in there and a little bit of i know we had not got into the sounds to use yet but Get in there and a little bit of that uh young pup stuff or some howls or a combination of the two. And that's usually all it takes. they they'll run over you.
0: Right, right. That's uh it just got me to thinking, of course, this is kind of backing up to a three weeks, but uh when we were in Texas with Chris, you know, it just made me think about that because we would run, you know, we caught a lot of stuff in on prey distress but yep. we would quickly switch into our coyote vocals and the stands where nothing did show up to pray. You know, we'd get to howling and all that. I don't think we had, but like two stands we actually heard coyotes howl back. Right. If, if you remember yep. that, that second triple, we had coyotes howl back at us. And then that the stand you were talking about where we had that big old woolly male that was real close to us, it had us kind of locked down. We actually had a group of two or three coyotes just 100 yards past him lit up. And, uh, yep. I think it's on time, two times we heard coyotes howling the whole trip. That's
1: all I remember. And that's, uh, and, and you was asking me what my coyotes are doing. They're still howling some, but not near as much as they were. Yeah. Uh, so it's starting to taper off some, the the vocal stuff. They're still howling right now. Cause we're in that transition period, you know, uh, from breeding into denning. But when they go in and start denning and get, you know, in the ground, that vocal stuff really shuts down.
0: Okay. Well, since we're talking about that type of stuff, what what type of sounds do coyote callers need to start paying more attention to going into March and, and calling throughout the month of March?
1: For me, once March hits, I, I pretty well shut down on the prey distress. I'm not saying not to mix some in if you want to, but usually February, till in February, that's usually shutting off for me as far as bobcats and stuff like that most people have a season on them so once that shuts off and bobcat and stuff like that's not still on the table and get in that march time frame i usually swap right over to those vocals and that's the time of the year where my vocal stuff or my sequences really shrink down you know if you rewind just a little bit into that january february winter fall type calling the sequences get bigger and longer start getting to that denning time frame march on my sequences really shrink down to where i'm i'm pretty much running nothing but howls and starting in march mostly little puppy stuff you know that newborn pup stuff even though the pups are not born yet like i said they've got it on their mind it's instinctual for them once that female's bred she's got it on her mind it is it's instinctual and so does the the male that's there just that group of breeding goats however many of them are there they've got it on their mind and so right it's i try just... to flip in there and throw out a couple of howls and follow that right up with some of that little bitty puppy stuff and i've talked about age class of them anybody that's familiar with the library knows i age class them and so i'll typically start out with uh, you know something in that newborn especially for March, some of that newborn stuff like got milk or birthday right. pups, Right. any of that fresh little bitty puppy stuff. And I'll run that for a couple minutes. and nothing shows up, I'll swap to just a little bit older age class. You know, I might skip two or three weeks, like go from newborn to a three-week, three-week to a six-week, somewhere in that neighborhood. And that's that's about all I'm doing this time of the year. You right. can steal. I'm always going to probably – you know, end with a fight or something like that. But the I'm expecting my call-ups to be quick on that, on those howls and on that little puppy stuff.
0: Right. Early in the stand. Well, it, um, you know, I remember last March and first part of April, I did a little bit of calling and and that's what I had luck with. You know, I'd start out the stand with a set of howls, um, just non-aggressive type stuff. And then I'd just go right in, like you're saying, small puppy stuff. Uh, stuff like uh, mfk broke pups uh, fox pros canine puppies too which is just small puppy sounds which they sound just like coyote pups and both those right. sounds worked really good for us and and like you said they come in pretty daggone quick you can see they was pretty frantic when they came in uh, yeah pretty good you know it's something interesting you was talking about the uh, these coyotes starting to dig out dens clean out dens and that type of stuff one thing is it uh, I was wanting to ask you is it just breeding pairs that that go along with that or is there like any males that didn't match up with a mate or females that that will participate in that as well or is it just just the breeding pairs that kind of participate in that uh, cleaning out of the dens
1: that, that's what's odd about it it seems like all of the coats instinctually get it on their that mind right. I back that first batch of coats I had which was that would have been the ones most people know the best, which were Rue, Smack, Boone, Jiggy. Out of those coats, Smack at that time, that first year, he was not he was not paired up. He was by and that he dug a den. I mean, he dug a hole. I've actually got video of him coming and going in and out of that. Now he didn't he didn't use it. He didn't stay in it like uh, like people think. It was just that short period of time where for whatever reason the same time frame that the, the breeding pairs were digging holes. These other coats were digging holes too. Just, and I don't know. It's like an incident. I don't, I'm not going to say that they all do it, but a bunch there are of some coats that get that stuff on their mind and instinctually seem to do stuff like that. Just and
0: uh, just like they was preparing it. Just
1: right. And, and then they, they just, as, I mean, they'll dig them and spend a little bit of time in them. If at all, a lot of times they just dig them and they don't use them at all. Um, he act like he used that just to get cool, you know, right, go right, kind of like you see a dog dig a hole, you know, dig a spot out on the ground and lay in the cool dirt. I think that was part of why he would actually go in that hole. He dug some. Right. And when I say dug a hole, I'm talking about dug a hole deep enough, he would disappear in it when he would go in it. But, uh, yeah, they will, they will instinct, even coats not participating in breeding that are not part of the pair will.
0: Well dig holes uh, that time of the year. they're cool animals ain't they <laughs> oh
1: it, it's amazing to some of the stuff i've i've got to watch them do
0: you know it, it kind of reminds me it almost i'm kind of humanizing them here but uh you know i've had a couple youngins me and my wife and you know when she uh they're grown now but yeah you know, i'm old but anyway when you know later stages of the pregnancy my wife crystal i guess what they call nesting you know, she, yeah. she started preparing her bedroom, you know, I guess yep. it's about the same as the coyotes, uh, fixing these den sites up, you know, it was, you wasn't going to stop it. Crystal was going to be, she was hanging stuff on the wall. She was getting her cribs ready. And, you know, the baby was still, still weeks out, but, uh, she knew yep. it was coming and she was going to have things ready by golly.
1: Oh, there's no doubt. I, the humans and all animals included, there's, there's some instinctual stuff that is the mind has nothing to do with it's just instinctual. you don't even have to think about it it's it's automatic and i think that's a example of it on the on the human side
0: it's cool cool critters that's for sure so we talked about uh we started talking about sounds there a little bit we mentioned the coyote vocals what about prey to stress sounds i know you said you don't run much of it but you might mix some in is it a good idea uh, especially these these guys that have to circle back around on this ground, the ground that they've hunted summertime, they've hunted in the fall, they've hit it a couple times during the winter. Is it pretty smart for them if they are going to run some type of prey distress? Think about running stuff that they haven't burned their ears up on throughout the year. Maybe running they if they like running rabbit, try some of these bird sounds or or fox sounds or or anything like that.
1: Yeah, especially if they're not having call. I, I guess the probably the best thing. Or the best advice I could give somebody, if you if they've been calling all winter long and they've called the month of February and we're going into March, don't take what we're saying we're going to howls and pup stuff right then, as they need to make a switch. If you're calling up coats on whatever sequence you're running, I'd keep on running that, and then when you see that, you know, see that shut off where you're not having as many call ups, start going to that to those howls and that little pup stuff, and then. If that starts working for you, that's what I'd stick with. But if you're not having call-ups, you know, I would run. I would mix some of that prey stuff in. And if you're calling stuff that you've called before, maybe do some of the, the prey distress stuff that you hadn't. I do run. I said I don't run much prey distress. I need to take that back. I do run uh, some fond distress uh, here and there when uh when I'm calling spring, summer, uh, I don't do a lot of it, but I do mix in some bond distress, call up a lot of stuff on it. And, uh, I also run, I like to run a little bit of coon distress, especially that right. little coon stuff. Yep. Uh, I will occasionally mix something like that in, but you know, if people are transitioning from breeding into denning in time frame, which is kind of what we're talking about, I would continue to run those sequences that are working. And in, you know, on into March. And then as they taper off, that's when I'd start making changes, you know, go start adding that little bitty pup stuff in there, change the prey distress sounds if you're still going to run them. And, you know, just you have
0: to find what, you know, what's going to produce for you. Right. Yeah. If you've been calling and you've hit a dry spell and you think you're on coyotes and they ain't coming, you want to play some different sounds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. if it's just plain and simple. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the coon. Oh, Jeff Ryder's gonna kill me. He listens to this, but that's one of Jeff's secrets. One of his secret weapons is if, if stuff ain't coming for some reason, he'll switch over to some coon sounds, coon fights. He'll mix uh, a coon fight with a pup distress. He'll play just smaller raccoon distresses from the Fox Pro library there, and he'll start yeah. killing coyotes. I don't know what he, but he can he can switch over to coon when nothing's calling. He'll switch over those raccoon sounds and start calling, killing coyotes. It, it's crazy, which I, I tried. I don't ever have much luck with it, but it sure is one of his secret weapons.
1: I, I do a lot of coon calling. It's, it's fun. I mean, I've got a lot of footage I need to put out on that, but what got me to really using coon distress is coon calling. We would go out targeting coons and call in these coyotes. Really? Really? And it started happening, started happening Fairly often. Often enough that I realized I ought to be running some of that. And I've called in uh, a lot of not just coyotes, but bobcats too. I think I've told you before, my best morning of bobcat calling, I think it was me and Carrie one, we called in six cats before lunch, just right here around my house. And we called in every one of those cats except one on coon distress, called one in on rabbit on a diaphragm. That's actually on one of the MFK videos and some of the, some of the ones that we've called in on coon distress. And this is not starting with coon distress. This is running through birds and rabbits and other sounds and then swapping over to a coon and having a cat or a coat show up.
0: That's when they come in. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I, we killed one bobcat that morning that was a big, pretty cat and I was just going to I did text them years ago, so I was gonna save the skin and uh, just flat uh, skin it. My wife will use some of that stuff for, you know, a uh, rug or whatever. So anyway, I skinned this thing out, and it was a big old fat bobcat. And anyway. I noticed he was slam full of something, so I, after I skinned him, I cut him open. That thing had a whole coon in him. I mean, it really? it had digested enough, but it was just his his gut was just slam full <laughs> of coon hair and meat, wow. and just mad. But yeah, that thing was, and so I thought it was odd. We called up all of them. Except that one on coon, and then cut that one out, and he had a coon in him. I said, "Well,
0: there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or,
1: they like to snack on them occasionally, anyway."
0: That uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty interesting. I and I think I've heard what's talking about Jeff. I think I've heard him talk about calling in cats to on coon sounds as well. But of course, I never have. um yeah. One sound that I have had luck with that. Uh, I don't know if you can call it a prey distress sound. It's definitely not a coyote vocal, and I don't know really if you can call it a prey distress sound, but there was one March coyote stand that I remember from two years ago. I was hunting on a, a farm just down the road here, hometown place. I had, usually killed six or eight coyotes off this place throughout the year, and I hadn't really done much calling on it that year. I think I just killed a, maybe a double and a single, and that was it. I went and set up on this particular head of a holler, howled and actually had a coyote howl back at me i mean just right off of bat just mad it's probably one of those situations like you're talking about you know a, a coyote that was preparing a den because it is a spot i will summertime call well i run through all kinds of stuff coyote never did come out and this coyote howled not 150 200 yards away so i knew it was close i run right. through pups i played rabbits i did i said well i said i've boogered this spot up he's he circled downwind, or I played something that boogered him or something. And just on a whim, I played Fox Pro's Platinum Gray Fox.
1: I knew. Dude. I knew you were going to Gray <laughs> Fox before you told the story.
0: <laughs> but as soon as I hit it, that sucker come burning in. Man, like he had been craving a fox for two years and ain't had to put his lips on one. And, man, he! I right, shot him right on top of the X-24 Platinum Gray Fox after running through canine puppies two, coyote pup three one four and no telling what else and and a couple of rabbits and hit platinum grade and here he come burning out of there and i'm talking about a long stand it was probably like on the 17 or 18 minute mark 20 minute mark maybe just you know last ditch effort give up on him
1: yep gray fox and coon distress are two of those overlooked sounds that i would consider prey sounds uh and they're just overlooked that work really really good uh, something that a lot of people don't know, before I ever started building diaphragms, before I ever blew a hand call, any of that kind of stuff to any degree, I had my, I had a Fox Pro FX3. I've still got it. And a uh, matter of fact, I've got every call that I've ever bought. I've never sold anything. But right. anyway, I've still got that old FX3. And I played one sound on every stand for about 15 minutes. And if I didn't call something up, We'd move on, and uh, me and Dave, there's some old pictures and stuff back from Predator Masters' days, that very earliest time frame, and we would have cats, fox, goats, they were all called up on Gray Fox. Awesome. Every one of them were called in. That's the only <laughs> sound I would play. Only thing I could call anything up on. And problem, a lot though? of it was because I wasn't given. we were calling. At that time, I could turn on Gray Fox. And I was running just the regular old Gray Fox Distress. Fox Pro Gray Fox Distress was a sound I was running. Right. And we had so many Gray Fox here at the time that I could pull up anywhere and turn that on. We'd kill two or three Fox. Right. And so I just got to where, you know, early on calling.
0: That's what you was playing. (laughs) I wanted
1: something to show up. And sometimes it wasn't a Fox that showed up. It'd be a cat or a coyote that would come into that Gray Fox sound. Ain't that wild? uh, yeah, and I kept that in mind after I started, you know, getting more focused on cows and and started, you know, howling and doing the diaphragm stuff and all of that uh, and started calling in some coats. I kept that gray fox, you know, kind of in my, in my back pocket, and I would play it occasionally. We uh, got a video coming up sometime or another where similar situation to what you're talking about, Greg is calling, calling, calling in Tennessee, can't call anything in, swaps over to super gray comes tearing in. You know the thing, been listening the whole time. Right,
0: yeah, been sitting there hearing everything you played.
1: Yeah, just like what you're talking about. So that, going back to what we were talking about for March calling or anytime, you know, some of that stuff, people have been hammering it. It's not a bad idea to mix sounds like that in to see. Um, it's definitely not going to hurt anything, and it might make a difference in calling something up or blanking
0: man and ain't that i mean if you're if like i said you know i'm i'm a type of guy the way i hunt i have got to circle around and hit spots a few times throughout the year well if you keep going this spot and you keep welling out cagey cottontail and you don't never call nothing into it on that place that year it's time for you try something different whether it's another rabbit sound whether it's some bird sounds or something like a coon distress or a platinum gray or super gray or something like that pour it to them see what happens i mean what well, you got to lose you ain't called nothing up on the other sound that you've been trying for a month We're you might as well try something different
1: yeah when you're going back to ground especially when you know there are coats there and you're not calling stuff up one of two things is wrong either you're setting up wrong and you need to move that or you're playing the wrong sounds sometimes it's both So, you need to change some of that. (laughs) And and you should be able, if there are coyotes on a place, you should be able to call them up with something. Uh, I'm not saying they're all going to come every time, but you ought to be able to have success if you know there are coyotes there listening.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Tori, well, would you share a sound sequence you pretty much did earlier, but let's, let's lay it out there for how many minutes you do this, what you start with, go to this, breaks, or whatever. Share a sound sequence with us that, is, that historically works during the March timeframe for coyote calling.
1: So I'll take this as though the breeding stuff has shut off and we're yep. strictly targeting and coats. Yep. If I go into a spot and I and any time I'm calling during that March, then I'm I'm calling a spot that I know coach there. I'm not doing blind calling during March because it's already a tough time. So I just I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'm not doing much blind calling. I'm gonna know there are are there either because somebody's been seeing them or I've heard them or something. And uh, so when I'm first thing I'm gonna do, is slip in there pretty tight to them. I'm gonna try to get uh, as tight as I if I'm daytime calling, I'm going to try to figure out where I think they're hold up, you know, where, where are them coats bedding and spending their, their daytime activities. And I'm going to crowd that pretty tight right off the bat. Right. And then as far as the sequence goes, I'm going to open up with some kind of lone howl. Uh, and you can just pick any one. Uh, I, I would open up with something like uh, just any one of them. Boone Lone Winehouse. That's a popular one. Uh, Smack Bottomland Howl's. Uh, rue loan house any of them bougie homesick house one of my favorites uh, i would open with one of those loan house and if i didn't get a response i'd answer with another loan how a minute or two later and from there i hope i get some kind of response but if i don't then i'll typically fall right into sometimes i'll go ahead and run a group owl in there but early in the march time frame i'm I probably won't. I'll just go with those couple loan hows and I'll fall right into that little pup stuff. And after I do that second loan how, I'll, I'll again, I'll wait a minute or two, sometimes longer if I'm being pretty patient. I may wait three, four, five minutes and then I'll fall right into that little pup stuff. And I'm going to start with something in the ground. You know, that birthday pup got milk, something where their eyes are still, probably closed and they're in the hole just whimpering whining it's not even a pup distress it's more of a it's more of a hungry pup whimper whine yep that's what i'm going to start with and i'll probably run that about three minutes or so two and a half three four minutes nothing you know i don't watch my my watch but uh something in that three minute range and then i'll swap to a different pup distress or pup sound and go to just a little bit older age class. So I'll jump, you know, to a two or three week uh, pup distress after I've went from those hungry pup sounds and run it for two or three minutes. And then I'll probably swap to another one. And I may end up going through multiple uh, of those different age class pup distress sounds, playing them for two to three minutes each before I swap to another one. And if nothing shows up on that, I'll go right to one of those, uh, you know, a pup fight or one of the adult fights. Downtown's always a good one to end with. Um, and then that's about it. That's pretty much all I'm going to do.
0: Right. So pretty much the, the, the meat of it is pretty much running through a series of pup sounds, starting baby, baby pups, eyes closed stuff, and kind of graduating up in a little bit different age class, for several sounds just to see if you can't get something to trigger on one of them.
1: Yep. Yeah. And if you want to mix, this is would be optional for me. Sometimes I do it. A lot of times I don't do it would be mixing in, you know, some of those, some of those prey sounds. Uh, Occasionally when I think I'm right on top of coats, like I was talking about crowding them, I'll start with something. I don't do it very often, but occasionally if I think I'm right on top of them, I'll start with some of those, you know, smaller uh, prey sounds like a woods rat or bowl squeaks or, you know, anything like that, gray squirrel, some of that, you know, more rodent-type prey distress. Uh, I may run that for two or three minutes um, and then go into those vocals. But most of the time I'll I'll go right to those – Right to a lone howl, wait a couple minutes, answer with a lone howl, wait two, three, four minutes, go right into that little pup stuff, start with the youngest. You don't have to. I don't think the order makes that much difference. I just usually start with the youngest and then build as I go. Right. But I'll run through however many of them I want to go through. I might run through three or four and decide, you know, it ain't happening. Or if I'm convinced I've heard coach or I'm pretty sure they're there, then I may keep Keep after it until I've run through, you know, six, seven, eight different pup sizes. Right, right. And then end with one of those fights for two, three minutes, uh, maybe a couple fights, and then I'll, I'll move on. My stands are not, usually not as long, unless something howls and, you know, I know mm-hmm. I'm working a coat. I'm usually not going to be there as long that time of the year. Because, right. like we talked about earlier, you're probably, if you're going to call something up, you're probably close to it already and it's not going to take them long to get there so if you've been there you know you get into that 12 plus minute mark that time of
0: the year start thinking about that next stand.
1: (laughs) i do which is different than you know it's it's odd that that march time is such a transition because if you rewind just a little bit i'll have stands in january february that may go man they may go Twenty-five plus minutes on a regular
0: basis, right?
1: Because I'm running so many sounds,
0: and and coyotes will come from further away, so it makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's
1: just a big difference between when a coyote has denning on its mind. It's a completely different animal. When you get denning and pups, and that mindset, that's a completely different animal than a coyote is thinking about breeding or caring or just surviving it's right. A, thats right that's big difference even though they're those those time frames are stacked right on top of each other right to the
0: next yeah exactly and when do you, when will we see that next transition period in the coyotes referring to their behavior and how they be acting i know that'll be when they actually have the pups but when will we yep. look to kind of what's the time frame for that for everybody to know
1: well, your earliest born pups are probably going to hit the ground tail end of March. for yep. the you know bulk of them, the majority of them, are going to hit the ground. I always use April 10th as a as a pretty good marker. I think 70% of the pups will be born within two or three weeks of April 10th, one side or the other. But it'll string out, you know, from your from your earliest born pups and tail into march to your latest born pups in may you know that would get you your your pups in the ground time frame but i would say that the next big transition from march when they get denning on their mind until those pups come out of the ground that's pretty much all the same type deal even though they don't have pups yet they're in that mindset, and they'll keep that mindset until the pups actually get out of the ground. And Then when the pups get out of the ground, you have a a really big swing because all of a sudden, you've got a whole lot more couchs. You've got cows that are extremely territorial, yes. and you can have some of your... Uh, some people don't like to hunt summertime because it's hot because there's pups, whatever, but I think people are missing out if they don't take advantage of just how... I mean, I hunt cows for fun. I'm not keeping their fur. I'm not I'm hunting them for fun, and I don't, I
0: don't right. try to
1: paint it any other way. That's what I'm doing. And uh, to me, a coat is is a coat. So that time frame when those pups get out of the ground, that can be. I mean, that's just some of the the most fun you can have calling. It's oh, the most man. aggressive the coats are going to be all year long.
0: They're usually screaming I'm in, in your face, people. running in like fast man. action. Man, it's vocal action
1: in the daytime i mean everything that everything that you can ask for happens that time of the year other than the couch are not fluffy and pretty when you get them on the ground
0: (laughs) right yeah they can be pretty yeah they man yeah i know (laughs) full of ticks (laughs) thin haired yeah they can look pretty rough that's for sure (laughs) yeah
1: but i i think we can run that you know the the sequence type stuff that we're talking about with those howls and that little pup stuff and maybe ending with some fights. I think we can run that from March all the way through until about till end of May. And I would say that then once June hits and those pups, once those pups start getting that three, four week old timeframe and they're out of the hole, then you can start adding. That's when I start adding to the sequence. So right. I start adding right. some of those, those pups get three weeks old. They start fighting. I know a lot of people think, man, that's that's awfully young. Three weeks old they start establishing pecking order. Man, I mean, I've and seen I've hard. seen
0: some of those videos you've you've posted of them little video fuzzy, cute little pups. Man, them things are vicious. Yep. They're vicious. <laughs> oh, mean little suckers and they
1: start at three weeks they start establishing pecking order. And so that's when I mean we'll probably do another podcast before then, but uh that's when that transition time frames will start adding those pup distress. I mean, those pup fights in yep. along with those pup distresses and those pup distresses will continue to, you know, the age class will consent, will continue to change and you can call them up on any age class at any time of the year. But I do think if you'll kind of track where those couch at in their, you know, what stage of life they're in the age of the pups at that time frame and you you kind of track with that and use those pup distress sounds that are related to that age class. I mean, the cows are hearing that they're, they're keying on that. Yeah. So if we take advantage of it, I think it helps us call, call in a few more.
0: I do too. It just, and it just makes so much sense. I mean, that's the age class they're at play those type of age class sounds. And plus that helps you keep certain sounds fresh. You ain't got to burn up every sound you got with every stand, Every day of the year, you can't. We've got so many sounds now with the Fox Pro library and the MFK Game Calls library. You can save some of these extra potent sounds to keep them potent for years to come. You ain't got to just yeah. keep hammering the three same three sounds all the time.
1: Yeah, and it, it is such. I'm a big believer in playing on. We we talked about instincts earlier on. I'm a big believer in playing on. <laughs> an animal's instincts, regardless of what animal it is. And I think, talking about doing another podcast or or touching on some of this stuff, around about that May-June time frame would be perfect because we mentioned fawn distress and using fawn distress earlier. When those fawns start hitting the ground, I think it is instinctually built in to not just coats but all predators. They know it's coming. It's just like bear uh, being attracted to a salmon run. They don't have to to see those. They're waiting on those fish to get there. Right. If anybody's ever right. watched that, those bear know it's going to happen. It's in it's built in. It's instinctual. They'll show up before they coach, actually
0: run. Just and right. two days They're later, waiting. there they are.
1: Yeah, they'll be there way in advance, waiting on those fish to get there. That's instinctual. I think the same thing happens when fawns hit the ground i had to do some study stuff with the fawn mortality years ago i was doing some seminar stuff and i had to do some research on some of the fawn mortality rates that they attributed to coats. and in this particular couple two or three studies as a whole is about 70 percent of the fawn mortality rate was attributed to coats in that area now this area i was looking at didn't didn't factory in blackberry but just predators as a whole just shows you how much they're keying on those spawns that time of the year and i think it is i think it's instinctual they know it's going to happen before it happens they're ready for it and we can take advantage of that by knowing it's coming too and uh you know being out there with some of these pup sounds we're talking about The age classes tying in to where those coyotes are at instinctually. And then stuff like fawn distress, using that at appropriate times where, I mean, it'll work anytime, but it's dynamite that time of the year.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. You ain't going to see too many coyotes that's going to pass up a fresh fawn laying on the ground. They stumble over it. It's it's a had lad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, There's no doubt some of that stuff is, uh, you know, call it whatever you want to instincts uh evolution whatever whatever you want to call it that stuff is built into to certain animals and just their oh. survival instincts it's it's part of it and the more the more we learn about these goats the better we'll be at calling them up and killing them by being ahead of that i mean a lot of times you know if if you don't know it's coming then you're behind the game when you finally start using it, or you hear something about somebody else using it. You're, you know, you may be late summer and you miss out on, right. you know, when it's best.
0: Well, but, uh, you know, and that's the thing. You know, I've said this before. Coyotes, you know, they're uh, they've been put on this earth to to depredize. You know, they're they're either committing. You know, they're either committing depredation or thinking about doing it. <laughs> that's just the way it is. And usually yep. what they're doing is they're hitting the most readily available food sources. So when them fawns still start hitting the ground, guess what? That's the most readily available food source at the time, and that's what they're going to key in on.
1: Yeah. It's big and easy, too. That's a pretty good meal. You get to uh, some tender. <laughs> <laughs> tender juicy pond i'm making me hungry
0: <laughs> i hear you i hear you <laughs> yeah they're they're either committing an act of depredation or they're thinking about committing an act of depredation that's just how they are yeah.
1: and yeah and and being ahead of that like we talked about we were talking about going ahead and using those little pup sounds yep talking about the fawn stuff and them being ready for that and bear being ready for the salmon run these these couchs are ready for those pups. And even though I know some people are probably sitting there thinking, well, they haven't even had pups yet. Why y'all running pup distress? Because their mind is on it. It's instinctual. And you want to get the jump on that. So if you start running those sounds a little bit ahead of time, you can have some really good call-ins by kind of getting the jump on the couch, so to speak.
0: Yep, yep. Well, Tory, before we finish up here, I got a couple of questions I want to ask you to get out of the way. This is one of them I asked, I've asked you several times. But we're going to make it March specific. What's your top three favorite sounds for March? If you just going to run out turn and play three sounds, what are they going to
1: be? You mentioned one of them right off the bat. Uh, broke pups, broke pups is just it is a killer early. Uh, so that would be one of the top ones. Uh, I would probably, I would probably go with, um, I definitely got to have a house. So, uh, I would probably go with, I've mentioned Boone Long House so many times. I'll say come here, Lonely House.
0: There you go. One of my favorites. That's
1: good
0: one. one of my favorites.
1: So I'd go come here, lonely house. It's good for getting a response, and they'll they'll come to that sound. So that's why I picked it. Uh, come here, lonely house. Broke pups, and of course, I want to run. I want to throw you about seven or eight pup sounds in right, there. But
0: right, right. Just gotta I'm have only three.
1: Since I'm only picking three, I'd I'd go right back to uh, probably go. I'm I'm gonna go with Bam Stanky Bite i really like that fight i am uh,
0: stanky fight nice yeah. nice for, for that
1: march time frame it's just a younger age class so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that i started to say pound town but it's a given i don't have to mention it
0: right <laughs> that's right that's right all good stuff good and i'll throw three more out there i always have guys will write in stuff well what about just some of the fox pro sounds i don't have all the sounds yet and you know, I don't have the money to spend on it. Well, I will tell you, three good Fox Pro sounds that's almost on every single collar, and they're they're pretty similar to what Tory said on the MFK side. It'd be female pals It's a got two great big old long houses at the beginning of it, and then it goes into some shorter houses. It's really good. really good at getting coyotes to howl back, and just like Tori said, they'll often come to it. I mentioned it earlier, and I have people think I'm crazy but canine puppies too. Yeah, they are domesticated pups, but guess what? Little tiny puppies, This, this, these puppy sounds that were recorded, I don't know what either, coyotes will come to it, and are just small puppy sounds. And then there's an old sound that a lot of people don't think sounds all that good. It's old, coyote pup distress number two. You don't hear about coyote pup distress number two very much, but I don't know what it is about the pitch of that sound. But my goodness, back in the day, you used to be able to just set up, no hows, no nothing play pup distress number two and coyotes would come running from three or four different directions so there you go there's your three fox pro sounds to go with that um i got another question for here for you <laughs> i hear a lot of hunters say that their uh? least favorite month for calling coyotes is march i want to know where tory cook ranks it do you fear march or is march just another or month killer? March?
1: <laughs> Uh March is a tough month, but I like March when I when I find couch. So I actually like March but I do a lot of riding to find those pairs that I was talking about earlier.
0: Right. Right.
1: And those are really high stands. So that's a if I was blind calling I would hate March.
0: Yep. But yep. if
1: I'm if I'm fine if I know where the couchs are and you know, I'm gonna make an effort to know where they're at, then I actually like March. So um and I don't have anything else going on so <laughs> right. That's another reason that I like March. You, yeah. you get some of the months that are really good for cow hunting. I don't like, I don't like it that they're good because I've got other things. I occupy me. you know, right. I'm bow hunting deer, I'm chasing turkey or Might whatever. fishing
0: so, a little bit. That's right. What What's your least favorite month? Well, if you had to pick one, which one you just like? They said you got to cut out one month out of the year, not to coyote hunt. What month it going to be? Take out, take out deer hunting and all that stuff. Say so you, all you was doing was coyote hunting. What month would you kick out of there? Uh, probably
1: you said don't consider anything else yeah don't consider don't
0: consider turkey season don't don't consider one of them crappies biting all that type of stuff
1: i would probably uh it would probably be march or april simply because you know that april time frame in the ground people so i'd probably say april april would be my my least favorite
0: yeah well you hit that's exactly if you'd ask me i said it'd either be march or april or maybe throw both of them in there <laughs> yeah yeah
1: march april that anytime them anytime they're denning with pups in the ground that's tough right i mean um so yeah either one of those months if nothing else if i'm strictly thinking code hunting alone i would it would be one of those two months for sure and may would be followed right b- behind that and then once june starts then i really start liking it right
0: yeah yeah that's usually seems like memorial day weekends when it really seems to really fire back up again where it gets you know those dynamic call-ins and they'll come from a little further off and really vocal and all that type of stuff so yeah i I totally agree with you
1: well let me flip the script on you what's your favorite month if you could only hunt or or a couple months what's your favorite and you can consider multiple things you can consider whatever you want to consider which what's when you're gonna hunt them
0: can i pick more than one (laughs) well you
1: can't you can't spread them out you can't pick one from the summer and one from the winter
0: (laughs) okay i i'll do uh i really like july man one thing about july there's daggone mosquitoes are buzzing everywhere and there's flies biting on you and ticks are crawling all over you and the grass is making your legs itch and Snakes are trying to bite you, and, I mean, it's it's rough for that, and it's usually so hot no matter where you go, it's it's horrible. But, man, if you can get past all that, I've had some of the wildest call-ins and some of the most fun stands I've ever been. I'm talking about making stands when it's 105 degrees outside in some places, and you don't yeah. think you call a coyote up for nothing, and here'll come a pair come rolling out with a helper or two, and they'll be screaming in your face. July is cool. Yeah. An- another time is September, yeah. right when those yearlings really get—you know—they're almost as big as mom and dad, or look at anyway. And and there's just so many sounds, it's working. You know, you can start calling them in on you prey distress stuff. I like September really well, and then I'd have to finish up with—I'm uh, gonna say—July, September, and December.
1: Yeah, that pretty much would—that would be real all things considered i ain't gonna be hunting them in december because i'm probably still chasing horns but uh but what i really like about that summertime frame no people you, you don't have yeah. any deer hunters turkey hunters any of that right ground access is easier people will let you hunt you can get by with hunting places i have a ton of ground in the summertime that i don't have in the
0: wintertime right.
1: because of the right turkey exactly safety. exactly uh, you can just get by with so much and all the reasons you mentioned just those dynamite stands with crazy call ins. Yeah. Uh so I would I would pretty much that June, July basically June through uh September. It's hard to beat that time oh, frame. Man. And especially especially July through September.
0: it, it is. It you know, and I'm not I'm not really throwing August out. August is right there with July, the same type of stuff but I don't know, I guess the tail end of September and the first part of October during that stretch and then the stretch of like mid-December or maybe maybe the whole month of December, that's usually when I kill the bulk of my coyotes. My two biggest coyote calling months where I'll kill the most coyotes is usually always December and usually it's, it's that September-ish, October-ish time frame i don't know i i don't know if that's just when i'm a better better coyote caller for for how i call or what but that's usually when i kill the that's when i'll have my two best months of coyote calling throughout the year yeah Day, daytime coyote calling
1: right yeah it's uh it's definitely some good times but that's that's for sure that the better times and it all goes back to what we were talking about before If if you relate it back to you know, December, that's falling right behind those pups getting yeah. you know, you got a lot of coyotes in. You've yep. got all those pups that are just bus family bust ups just taking place and you know, you got coyotes running around everywhere. So got, it makes sense that you got
0: the uh, most cows that can be called in at that time frame. It's kinda like it's a total opposite of what's going on now. Now we've yep. got the least amount of coyotes that you can call throughout the year and then that September, October time frame and you generally have the most cows that you could call up. So all right man i had yep. i had all kinds of questions wrote down here and i ain't got to <laughs> ask you none of them i guess we get pretty good with this tour because i ain't you know we covered it <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's a good thing
0: yeah i got all this stuff down through here you know what about these fights and these pup sounds and all about you know it's we've we covered it we getting good i like it <laughs>
1: The only thing I do when we're doing these
0: podcasts is we'll start
1: talking about these other times of the year, and I hold back on information (laughs) because I know it's too much to try to cram into one podcast.
0: They get too long.
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, it's just its so much stuff. We go to talking about that August-September time frame. That's another, you know, transition time when you get into that family bust-up. These different, just different ways to call them up and, you know, what stage the coach are in, but. That's that's good. We got stuff to talk about in the future.
0: Yeah, you you all stay tuned for future future episodes of the Fox Pro Podcast. <laughs> well, Thor, you got anything you'd like to you'd like to say, everybody, before we get off here? We we're gaining on an hour of talking already, if you can believe that.
1: I know it. It went quick. I mean, just the usual. What I say every time. I appreciate everybody using Fox Pro MFK, listening to the podcast, and uh, just supporting us. And hope y'all are. Having a lot of success with uh, with the sounds and hopefully these podcasts are helping you out. And I really appreciate y'all letting us know. A lot of people have have got on Facebook or sent messages and and let us know that they're helping you out. And it doesn't go unnoticed. Just uh, appreciate y'all. That's it.
0: No, I, definitely. I had we just come back from the NWTF convention and I cannot tell you how many people. And we was actually at the Great American Outdoor Show a couple of weeks ago then we did nwtf and both shows i had so many people come up and thank me and thank the company for uh doing these podcasts just had a lot of praise for it and it, it's good to hear that you know guys telling you hey you helped me kill a couple extra coyotes this year you know what you're all doing Tori said this and that made it it made things click and just thank you guys so much for what you've been putting out there and uh, i haven't had a chance to tell you that Tori, but you know, a lot of people, a lot of people have been thanking us over the last few weeks for the podcast.
1: That's good stuff. Like I said, it doesn't go, it doesn't go unnoticed. And, uh, and we like hearing from everybody. It's, uh, it's, and it gives us ideas. I've had some people, I know you do too. You have people that say, Hey, I wish y'all mentioned this or talk about that. You know, that's stuff we can keep in mind for down the road. So if y'all got stuff you want to hear about, let us know. And
0: for sure, for sure. If there's anything, topics, specific topics, specific questions, throw them out there to us. You know, send it in to Tory, send it in to myself, send it to the Fox Pro page, whatever. We'll see if we can't get it covered. We really appreciate, appreciate you guys tuning in. And if you guys are interested in any of the MFK sounds or the Fox Pro sounds that we've mentioned that you might not have on your units, go to mfkgamecalls.com and go foxpro.com. You can find everything you're looking for. We hope everyone enjoyed this episode, and we hope you join us again right here on the Fox Pro Podcast.